Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we seek to bring calm introspection together with skillful action in the quest for everyday enlightenment. Today on the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, we're talking about cultivating compassion and love for those who oppose us. Kindness and compassion for those who seem to battle against what we feel is the right way of being is one of the biggest challenges in our daily experience. Just turn on the news and it isn't hard to find someone behaving in a manner that just grates against the grain of our own beliefs or path. Frustration is real, Dan. This is another hot on the grill topic for us today. Saying your frustration with people that say things that you don't like causes you discomfort. I don't know why you would say a thing like that. <laughs> My frustration is real. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good point. It actually is real, right? <laughs> Our experience is always real, right? Yeah. However it is that you you see, think, feel, hear, taste a thing is exactly how it is. And yet we, it's not hard. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lean back into the example of turning on the news and turning on the news for me is, I don't know. It's a, it's a mixed bag. I, I try to tune in to, I like the CBS programs. I like the, I call it the Gail King show in the morning and the Nora O'Donnell show in the evening. Um, and I really only watch like 30 minutes of the morning show. The evening show is only 30 minutes. So if I turn one on, that's it. And I really only want about 30 minutes of exposure to, you know, kind of get what's going on in the world, do my responsible part, and then I need to back away. But it's, you know, during that experience, watching the unskillful behavior, just like it just, you know, it just sets a spark off. Like, why are they doing that? Why is that happening? Why are there people mindlessly just going against the grain? And, you know, I will say that a number of my friends and family refer to me as Captain Safety. <laughs> so I'm really always concerned for personal safety. <laughs> I want people in seatbelts. I want you to, if you're, if you're on a boat, I would like you to have, you know, at least access to life preserver. I would like not, I would, I don't want anybody to do harmful things to themselves. I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to do things that are, you know, bad physically for you. Um, and I don't want anybody to put themselves in unnecessary danger. I don't understand the videos where people are jumping off the, the roof on their head on a trampoline only to get jettisoned into the fence next to it. It like, it makes no sense to me. So I'm captain safety. I want people to be very safe and honor the fragility of, of the human form. So, so I see people 
on TV doing things that just like, it makes me nervous. Like I, it sparks up fear at the core of my being. Well, it, it is, uh, before I play devil's advocate and bring up safety pup, the, the beautiful cartoon for milk cartons in the eighties, <laughs> which uh, resonate with me. I'm just going to say, <laughs> or Smokey bear, Smokey, the bear, right. You know, don't start, don't play with matches. Don't start right. forest fires. Right. Uh, you know, it is not to get into the weeds on the exact things that people have been saying or doing on TV or broadcast on TV, but people showing up in mass with assault rifles and body armor, uh, claiming that their freedom is being violated by a governor saying you should stay home and not have close contact with people. Okay. Fair enough. It is time to be alert. Uh, it's time to think that doesn't look like a safe place for me to go right now. So, you know, some, some of it, even for those of us that are less inhibited, it's, there's still some legitimate concerns on the flip side, uh, the regular stuff where people don't wear masks and, and think it's a hoax and you put it down and, buy the bleach drink from the guy in Florida where he says you should put three to six drops of bleach in your water. I mean, look, this, it it would be preferable to see people definitely use a bit more common sense on some of those things. Uh, It doesn't scare me as much only because I know I'm going to stay out of harm's way. I'm lucky. And that I'm able to process that, excuse me, my parents are processing that. So my close people are, you know, not really exposing themselves too much. I know though, right now when things are opening back up, I am, I'm really hopeful that the predictions are wrong and we're not going to have some giant second wave of this. I think that's, pie in the sky and impossible i think we're just asking for it but yeah that's not directly addressing your fear thing but no but you know i in you know in my own safety model the ron powell safety model i know that i am not going to rush out the door and go sit in a restaurant I'm just not going to do it. I don't, you know, I need to know for certain that I'm safe, you know, or safer that I can, you know, that I can be aware of what's happening so that I can make the appropriate responsible adjustments. And, you know, I know for me, the few endeavors that I've had out of the house, I'm wearing a mask. I made my little mask. I did the the little blow test on it where I, you know, put it on, you know, used the fabric and then had to blow through it to try to blow out a candle and know that I can't blow out a candle um, without a ton of effort and really like 
putting it right against my mouth for it to. So I, I feel pretty good about my, my protective gear. And, you know, I've been uh, going to physical therapy appointments um, for, you know, an injury to my arm a few months ago. And I will tell you, it's, it's a little tough for me. I, I have a bit of anxiety um, anyway. So things over my mouth and tight around my neck. Um, I often have a reaction to and I start gasping for breath. So I really kind of have to go in with a, a very mindful and calm. This is going to be okay. It's not going to last forever. Um, approach because I know that now, you know, lifting weights and things, trying to get the, the, you know, the arm strength back up. I need to, you know, I'm, there's a little heavy breathing, you know, I'm a fluffy dude. <laughs> so I'm, you know, essentially working out and trying to get my breath through that mask is a little tough. So, but I'm taking the measures that I need, that I feel I need to take based on what I know. And that feels responsible to me. You know, I had a friend and they had never like done any running then they were going to run a 5k. And so they were practicing by running 30 minutes a day or every few days or whatever. And at the, if, <laughs> at the end of one of the runs, there's a lovely person, by the way, at the end of one of their runs, I was talking to them and they're like, Oh man, I'm so sweaty. And this is just miserable. <laughs> I said, you, you realize you're, you're running, right? So this is the sweat, the elevated heart rate, the tired and soreness in your muscles. This is all working as intended. Cause so, and effect. Cause and effect. You run, you sweat. You run, you sweat. It sucks. Right. It's running. So, experience you know, of running. Lifting weights while wearing a cotton uh, tarp on your face. <laughs> yes, it's going to be worse than being hooked up to oxygen while you do the same activity. Obviously, yeah. you may be a little bit extra sensitive. Oh, I'm definitely extra sensitive. We know that about me. <laughs> so, so you're literally like an exposed nerve running around watching news and the people at Lowe's and buying plants and hearing hearing family and friends talk about how this is nonsense right this is where yep. we're at you're right. the you're the you're the pin cushion yep like <laughs> floating alone on your little buoy like yep. folks i can't hang on i don't have any arms this is not easy <laughs> i'm the buoy is slipping out of my hands buoy is slipping yeah. i'll remember you always jack so let's <laughs> let's go back to the friends and family part. I wanna I wanna dig down with you a little deeper on that. Okay. Uh, I, I I think that's it's a worthy exercise because it, everything's under micro micro uh, magnifying glass. Excuse me, microscope or magnifying glass right now because all the things we've been feeling for the last several years, uh, boy, now we're just now we're stuck with it and. 
so you have a friend or family member that is dug in on some of this Corona's not real. COVID's not real. I'm not really worried about it. Yes. So, you know, like I know that things that people say really, they have the weight that you give them. It's your perception and your reality. So let's talk about how, how is that still bothering you? Where, what is the, what is the real discomfort in that? Or you can describe what it is more if you want to give some context. Well, I think your call. Um, well, this, you know, this is always all twofold because I, you know, I'm having a real experience of fear and anxiety. And then I have my Buddhist practice practice that helps me to understand what's happening. So I think that's where, where I really wanted to lean in today in, you know, in understanding what's going on. I have to, okay, so let's, you know, let's go to the Buddha, Buddha model of the four noble truths. There's something that's a discomfort for me. Which is people saying or acting or doing things that are, Right. I'm having some sort of reaction. So we want to look for the cause of that. So we know that there's an issue. We know that there's a cause and we endeavor to find the cause of that irritation, agitation, frustration, fear. And, you know, the, as I explore it, it really is my own fear as you, you know, when I dig deep into my own experience, I understand that I am reacting to my fear. I don't want to get sick. I had pneumonia last year and it scared the life out of me. Um, I don't want to experience that again. Um, I'm also, you know, one who is not working right now, which means I have no real insurance, which makes me nervous. So there's a few things. Um, I knew, I know that just the two days I spent in the hospital when I had pneumonia was $12,000. And if I wouldn't have had insurance, I would have, you know, it would have been a pretty big hit for me and my family. So I, there's a bit of that as well. So I'm fearful that it's going to be something that's out of my control that is going to, you know, knock, knock us hard. So um, my husband also works in a family entertainment facility and we're, nervous about things coming back online a little too fast and him, you know, needing to be, you know, working and potentially, you know, bring it home. So we're, you know, we're trying to explore what, what would we need to do in that, in that case. So I know at the core of what I'm feeling is fear. It's just, 
primal protective fear. Captain safety is, you know, is the predominant motivator in, in my experience. So it's, you know, it's through this, it's through this introspection and understanding my own fear that I feel that I can then try to apply it when I, you know, when I see the person on the other side that is helping to create this feeling of a reaction of fear, I can see that fear in that person's motivation as well. And, you know, it could be fear of anything. It could be fear of not have, not being able to make a living or fear of being quarantined. People don't like to be with themselves and not everybody's equipped to be in quiet environments or buttoned up with, you know, with their loved ones that they, you know, maybe only saw four or five hours a day. Now it's 24 seven. So I understand that there is also a reaction of most likely fear coming from that other side. And that gives me a tool in which to act with compassion. So what, but what if they're, what if their actions, I mean, you're guessing at their motivation ultimately now, which is all we can do, right? Yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a way to say people are often right about that. So I don't, you know, I'm not criticizing you. You're saying you're wrong, you're wrong, but, but, Ultimately, you do just sort of guess at people's motivations. And what if they're acting out of anger? What if they're acting out of uh, hatred or, you know, some fearsome, fearsome judgment? So does that affect your ability to be compassionate? I think that if you're seeing anger, if you're seeing even malice, I believe very strongly that the underlying motivation and reaction to that is from fear. So would that change this person or people, would that change if you, if, if you were seeing that as opposed to what looks like fear though, does that change your ability when they're reacting with, with anger? Yeah. Their anger is stemming from fear. I, I would, I would stake my, I would stake my Buddha on it. <laughs> so, so that wouldn't affect it. In other words, no. you'd be, you, you still see it ultimately is, you know, I used to think that I had, I had this theory I made up and I'm sure it's not made up by me. It, I read it or thought it or who knows what, but I used to say people act out of two things, either fear or love. And, you know, I've never considered how that might fit into a Buddhist perspective. This is this is an old timey thing for me, but uh, I do believe that most of the negative emotions people have or reactions come from fear and the aggressive ones. And 
the lovely ones, thoughtful ones come from love. You ever thought about things like that? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you are absolutely spot on and, and what a Buddhist thought. And I think that, you know, that kind of leads to our, our solution with this and understanding that these reactions and our actions come from those two primal places, you know, and I'll call, you know, I'll go a little bit, I I won't say I I will go a different route, but I will go, will translate a little bit differently from love to call it compassion. Yeah, sure. Compassion, kindness, because I feel that, I feel like that comes from a mindful understanding. So when I'm compassionate, I'm compassionate towards someone else's situation or my own situation. I can act with patience and kindness toward myself when I know that I am reacting out of fear. And I can nurture that in myself. What will make me feel less fearful? What will soothe that feeling? And should it be soothed? You know, we're not, it's not just about eradicating a feel, fearful response. It's understanding that we're having a fearful response and for a reason, right? You know, we is have it, this protective nature about us that that is meant to protect our physical and mental faculties, right? Ego yeah, serves a purpose. Yeah, it keeps you alive, right? Keeps you alive. So when there's fear, what it, what is, you know, what's the true nature of the fear? Do I feel like I'm in jeopardy? And I, Same. you know, I do in a way. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I know that you know there's some statistics. I know that there's some, um, there's not enough testing to really understand. You know, the you know the other side of me is that I'm you know, a marketing and uh, marketing analyst. And I like to see numbers. <laughs> you know, I want to see a spreadsheet. And I know that, you know, if we're just looking at the percentage of, you know, of case known cases, then there's also an unknown quote, you know, unknown quantities that could be affecting, you know, the overall percentages. So I, I also understand that there's just the fear of the unknown. I don't know how many cases, I don't know how long it's actually been going. I don't know what caused it. So that makes me a little bit uh, cautious. I don't want to jump in on just, you know, what I hear. Here's, here's, the percentages that we see because I want to look at the, <laughs> I want to look at the, the information they're providing and see, you know, is it all the information or is it just what they want me to hear? Okay. So here's a question. I don't know why I'm feeling like 
like I need to interrogate you today. Right. But it's I'm fascinated by it. Bring it, big boy. I, well, <laughs> careful what you ask for. I, I am going to maintain my Buddha lawyer stance today, luckily for you and anybody else. Uh, so are you acting with compassion for others when you put your mask on and go somewhere? Or are you acting with fear? No, I think it's a combination of both. Um, and I, I, re, I love that, that meme. I actually shared it um, on my, my Facebook last night in sort of response to some of these um, things going on where it shows the, it's talking about P <laughs> and if, you know, if, if, uh, Dude number one is not wearing pants and he pees. It gets on dude number two. <laughs> but if dude dude number one is wearing pants and he pees, it doesn't get on dude number two. And if both dudes are wearing pants and they pee, it doesn't get on the other dude. <laughs> so everybody should be wearing their pants. AKA masks. So part of it is, you know, you know, I don't know what I have or don't have. I don't know what anyone else has or doesn't have. And I feel like the responsible thing to do is protect. So in Buddhist terms, can you, is it okay? What does it mean if you have both? And, and you're doing an act out of out of fear and out of compassion. What's that mean? Is there a resolution? Does there need to be? No, I think that's in, you know, I think that's enlightened action. So when we're compassionate and, you know, using, remember the, the first of the, the eightfold path is wise view and understanding. So if we're, if we're using that as our meter, do I, understand completely and truly what all the facts are and then my action comes from that so if it's interacting with with someone else that is also having a fearful reaction then my action my awakened enlightened action from there is either skillful or unskillful right so for instance if i'm sure. if i'm considering the person who is is active we're, we're going to consider that they're maybe behaving differently than i would behave and it's bringing up some some agitation in me and i can see that i am reacting fearfully and understand that they are most likely acting from fear and an unconscious reaction to fear. It's not like we're, we're all, you know, having an awakened moment in everything that we do. Instead, we're, you know, putting up walls and I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not participating in that because I don't know why, because it just feels like the thing I need to do. I'm reacting with fear. So if I can understand that that other person is acting out of fear, 
then my response and my actions can be compassionate and kind. And understanding that they are having a fearful response that they may or may not be aware of. You know, that's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's um, the practice of doing that. You know, I've learned in uh, trial lawyer trainings over the years, and there's a, there's a big famous one that amongst lawyers where they teach you to stand in the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. And literally there are, you know, psycho, uh, psycho, uh, psychodramas, they call it where you act like the other person answer questions like the other person. you really try to get into their mindset and it's all just versions of this, right? It's all just versions. Cause once you can understand something, if you can understand a person's fear, especially your own even, uh, but it definitely, it, it takes the, it takes the bite out of it. It takes the, it, it, it can, it can, well, it really can remove your fear of it really ultimately. And we can act skillfully. So instead of mm -hmm. meeting anger with anger, because meeting anger with anger is not going to end up in compassion and kindness. We're not going to beat someone else down with our anger and meet and find a resolution. That's, that's winner or loser shit. Yeah. I, uh, I've got a few good stories. One pretty recent that I'm not ready to share yet. Uh, but so I don't mean to be a jerk by bringing it up, but it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Jeez. It's an interesting thing. Well, it's probably a topic we could use at some point. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting uh, practice experience attempt at life to maintain calm, compassionate, kind demeanor in the face. Sometimes when it's literally two feet away from you, or it's particularly close to you, maybe a phone or a video mm -hmm. call or somebody that's just nasty. Right. Man, it can be really hard to maintain that, that sort of ideal, you know, Buddhist take it's on it. Skillful. Yes. It's I, hard. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I experience it with my, you know, with my parents, you know, my mother specifically, she can, you know, she can say one thing that just, gets me <laughs> you know gets me sparked right. and now i'm like mm -hmm. ah, i'm ticked off why this did you say that yeah this is the inherent danger in getting to know people or people <laughs> just knowing you without your control right that's right. the inherent danger is that they actually know the things that you love and hate your likes and dislikes they know the thing that like the like you said the one thing that they know is gonna is gonna mm set you on fire push buttons push the buttons push baby the buttons thanks mom thanks for apparently hating my guts <laughs> sure appreciate you saying that now never that's a, that's a motivation we'll have to never <laughs> tackle never, another. <laughs> never heard that before uh since i was five but you know 
I'm right back there. <laughs> so I found this. I just happened upon this quote as they sort of show up, you know, or you see them, maybe hear them um, when you need them. And there's this quote that popped up this morning when I was thinking about this topic from Eckhart Tolle. And it says, the secret to finding the deeper level in the other is finding the deeper level in yourself. Without finding it in yourself, you cannot see it in the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, and I, t I like to talk about this because it's one of the favorite, it was one of my favorite aha moments of Buddhism. Uh, being compassionate, if you, like, for example, in your case, if you want to be compassionate with that person that you see is acting out of fear, you actually have to, you have to do that with yourself first. You have to relieve yourself of your fear first. You have to be compassionate and kind to yourself. Until that happens, you're not really being generous. Right. You're, you're not really sharing that genuine compassion with other people. Because the other side of this is, you know, thinking that we should or could manipulate another right. by, you know, we're not meaning to endeavor into this process to manipulate another. So if I am finding that I feel fear and I realize that that other person is feeling fear as well and they're reacting with fear we do have the opportunity to manipulate and manipulate that fear well people do it all the time right, right. i mean that's that's the essence of of negotiation uh it doesn't matter what it is when you go to the store at nine o'clock at night you know that's a negotiation with your significant other will you uh your boss comes in and yeah, I need this done this weekend. I, I, you know, well, I've got a vacation plan. Well, I mean, it's your choice, whatever you do. Like that's it. There's always, yeah. always a manipulate people again I, in my, that's a lizard braid thing. Right. Like how do I get what I want with the least effort? Negotiation. Right? It's all a negotiation and that's a, and not always has, skillful, not always no. skillful but it doesn't need to be right because if you tap into the right fear with somebody, you're going to win. You're going to win being relative. You're going to get what it is that you want. Good, bad, it's just or otherwise. for them to back down, right? That's it. That's exactly it. And it's pushing that buttons. doesn't make it go away. And you know, that, no. you know, that's just now it's repressed fear. It's that thing where, when you, it, it, it's like breaking up with somebody in a relationship and then, and then you're, you could be desperate. You can be depressed. You can be, you know, get in that mindset where I, you, you got so used to having somebody that you just really want somebody. And, and, you know, anything you come across, any, you know, encounters you have that, that they can be just not quite right. Because, the minute you don't need it, the minute that you're, you finally settle in and, and are happy with your reality, guess what? Like a beautiful thing comes along. And I don't mean thing by calling a person a thing. I mean thing by 
it could just be and it could be a coffee it could be you meet somebody new or you know it's it's one of those things where as soon as you stop fearing not having it all is well and negotiations go like that too if you if the person is trying to to negotiate with you based on a fear they know you have and all of a sudden you don't have it anymore guess what their power's gone you don't make bad deals you make you make a better deal that that actually works for you when you let go of the attachment to even the outcome you know Mm -hmm. i have to have that thing it's you know it's the it's the one thing it's the only thing when we let go of that attachment, mm-hmm. it takes the power away from it. But first we have to understand that we have an attachment and that we have an yeah. attachment to the outcome. That's the, yep. that's the win or lose thing. The like or dislike. I don't like this because I didn't win. Is the, in the win or lose thing, that's also, I mean, that's, that's putting a like or dislike on something, right? Isn't that, isn't that all that means? Right. I get what I like, so I win. Right. I didn't get what I like, so I lose. When you think about the, you know, the acceleration of emotion and the acceleration of reaction from just a discomfort to an anger, to a rage, to violence. There's, you know, there's a significant understanding that has to come from that as well that we look in ourselves you know when when i have an acceleration of my temper of my anger which you know could lead to me you know screaming or pounding my fist on you know a counter or a table understanding that and you know we have to we have to sort of revisit because in the throes of it it's very hard to see what the contributing qualities are. So when we take that step back later on and say, what is it that, that got me agitated there? What made me yell? What made me scream? What made me pound my fist? What made me throw the plate? In understanding my own reaction, in understanding that I wasn't, I I know what it is, you know, when I get in arguments is when I don't feel heard. When I don't feel heard and I don't feel like I've been acknowledged for for having my own experience of my own fear. Yeah. So that's when it accelerates for me. When you, when I know that you can't hear me. So I can also step in when I feel that bubbling up. Oh, I'm having a reaction. And as soon as I see that I'm having a reaction, I can back off and I can take a step away. And I will often say, I need to take a breath and I will walk away. So let's, so practical tip for folks, the person in your life, friend or family, they do a thing, say a thing, announce their intention to, to be a certain way. So, so in the moment, what do you do? Do you, so 
a person says that you're close to says, I don't believe in coronavirus. I'm going to go ahead and go uh, to the store with my kids, with everybody I know, because they all come over and play every day at my house. And I'm going to go ahead and go to the store. And I'm even going to go when the old people go there. So because it's less crowded and nobody will confront me about it. So I just do it anyway. That's extreme (laughs) because that feels, it feels, you know, it feels malicious, right? Yeah. So what do you do though in, on your side of it? What do you do? What they say, you know what? And in fact, uh, we've got some time off because we're not working because of Corona. And so we're just going to come stay with you for two weeks. Yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, no one's here. (laughs) Doors locked. Yeah. Right. No. Um, uh, you know, and I think, you know, we, we first have to respond and react to our own stuff. So I have to respond and react. You know, if I feel that I need to be, um, protective of myself and my own environment and my family, I will cert- I would certainly say that's not an appropriate, um, scenario. So we're not going to do that, you know, to, you know, to go back to say my sister who I'm very close to, if she came to me and said, yeah, I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to act like, you know, nothing's wrong and I'm going to go about my business. I do believe that I would try to understand what her motivation is and talk it through with her rationally but I know that I can have a rational conversation with my sister, but we can have a rational conversation about what, what that means and why, why she's doing it. And I think we would come to an understanding of where we both were in, in that. And I can, you know, I can have a, a compassionate and kind reaction toward her. Um, Others, our neighbors behind us are not on the, the same page as we are. Um, and they have kids and their elderly parents are coming and they're all just in vacation mode. I'm not getting within 10 feet of you. <laughs> I'm, you know, I will wave over the fence and be very nice and kind, but I'm not participating in what you're doing. Yeah. And that's for me. Yeah. I can't change what- the way everybody thinks and I shouldn't, I shouldn't try to, evangelizing my position. That's not what this is about. And I feel like that's a little bit manipulative because who knows what experience or what opinion is correct. We only know our own experience and we only know our own vantage point. So, you know, we go back to that, the meme of the, the two people standing on each end of a, of a figure drawn on the ground. And one sees the, the number six and the other sees the number nine and they're both valid vantage points. One sees it as six and one sees it as nine. Neither is wrong. So who knows who's right, but I can only act skillfully in what I know to be true. Well, they're, they're really both right, right? They are both right. And, and from their vantage place, point, maybe they are right. They don't, right. you know, they don't right. know or believe that anybody right. is sick or that businesses should be shut down or we should be cautious in the way we bring them back online. 
that's certainly their prerogative to understand what they understand. And I have to make, you know, my rational decisions based on what I know. There's a lot to unpack in there, but the bottom line remains the same. You, you, I, we, us, are all in control of our behavior. We're all in control of our reaction. And we're all in control of whether we, you know, what our motivation is for our, for those actions and reactions. So, you know. We have the potential to be in control. And I think that is, you know, that yeah, stems from sure. our awareness of it. Fair point. Yeah. That's the, yeah. you know, I think that's the, you know, the key in the ignition right there is, is understanding that I have a vantage point and I have a responsibility to act skillfully with my own reactions. The only thing that I have control of is my own reactions. And a big part of acting skillfully is understanding or attempting to understand at least other people's actions, motivations, and reasons. Absolutely. And skillful means from there. Skillful action. It is hard. It's, and it's a lot. It's a, it can, this deep into a thing can be a bit overwhelming. And I do believe that 90%, maybe 95% of our work is internal. I have to understand. It's my role to understand my own reactions. When I understand that deep level within myself, it's seamless that I will understand someone else's position as well. When I really understand what's motivating me, I can understand what motivates another and not the particulars. And it's, it doesn't matter what their particulars are and it doesn't matter what their previous experience was. And it doesn't matter if I feel it's right or wrong. It's really about my own reactions. It's really about their primal reactions. And I I would say more often than not, that comes from fear, fear of losing what we have, fear of losing, fear of losing what we have, fear of not getting what we want. That discernment of like and dislike can really put up barriers that are false for us. When we don't realize that we're having that reaction, then we're just right in the soup of unskillful behaviors. This is, we are at the core. We are at the core of the practice of Buddhism. That's why this is hard. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, the ideas are simple but sometimes hard, but you know, for anybody listening to this, that when you take the time to understand and endeavor to understand yourself, you will understand others. It, you know, back to, you know, Eckhart's Eckhart Tolle's quote, The secret to finding the deeper level in the other is finding the deeper level in yourself. Find it in yourself and you can see it in the other. I hope that people can take out of this 
that it's okay and productive or has value to when you turn this podcast on and you go about your or off or you're done and you go about your life for the next week or the next day or whatever, whatever period of time you take this with you and really dig into yourself and take the quote to heart and take the Buddhist practice to heart and take a look at yourself. Who are we to say that one path is right over another? We have only our own nature and understanding to draw our conclusions. The place where we shift is when we endeavor to understand another's actions by looking deep within ourselves for the answer. What draws fear in me? What causes my protective ego to stand up and scream? What causes aggressive and violent behavior in me? What would it take for me to act through fear and emotion rather than rational thinking? When you understand that in yourself, you will understand it in another. Then you can respond with compassion and kindness rather than anger meeting anger, rage meeting rage, and violence meeting violence. The shift begins with you and me. Thanks to all of our listeners and to my co-host, Danny, for endeavoring into this topic today. Stay safe and stay aware. Thank you, Paolo, as always, for this. And remember, folks, meditate as fast as you can. Goodbye, everybody.